I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Command O2, Washington, D.C., Monday, 26 December 1988, 21.30 hours local. This time, it was Harper waiting for Seven in the darkened conference room. Alone, she entered the dimly lit room to find the counterintelligence officer facing her from by the window, casually smoking a cigarette. Ma'am, he said quietly. Mr. Harper, Seven replied. Do you have a status report on your investigation? I have, he said, blowing a puff of smoke. Initially, it appeared as though some vast and unknown conspiracy had managed to penetrate every major organization operating behind the veil, but that turned out not to be true. The information discovered in the warehouse was carefully prepared bait, gathered by a few individuals with access to nearly omniscient intelligence apparatuses. After one of the key conspirators called Director McDonald's direct line from an untraceable number, Robert swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker. Being the -the by-the-book operative he's always been, he reported it to his direct superior, 055. Five had, for years, handled counterintelligence, while you handled intelligence collection. Until his timely demise left a skill vacuum on the council, you offered to satisfy until the appointment of a replacement overseer could occur, likely after the holidays. Seven frowned slightly. The report was not going as expected. Taking a breath on a cigarette, Harper continued. The death of Five and Director McDonnell was easy enough for the conspirators to arrange, for they had knowledge of a device which could explosively detonate a mundane-looking object from half a world away. This device, the explosive coins and their associated atlas, had been used by the Foundation once before to destroy an American naval vessel, causing a war that directly benefited this organization. Unfortunately, the coins had been stolen by Marshall Carter and Dark after Fidel Castro had nationalized the site where they were stored. This presented little obstacle for the plotters, however. They had inside access to the club's records. Whether Lord George Smith Cumming was a willing member of the plot or an unlucky pawn sacrificed for the game, or even, indeed, if he had actually ever owned the coins at all, we may never know. But the red herring was there to confuse anyone who made it that far. Seven swallowed. Her right hand ever so slowly slid toward the pistol concealed in the small of her back, moving carefully to avoid notice. Harper exhaled and said, The conspirators were clever, really. They held positions from where they could not only monitor the investigation, but they could direct it. 
They could play both sides off the middle, and for a while it worked. My investigation took me to Europe, the Middle East, and the Soviet Union, while I'm sure the Global Occult Coalition's investigations required similar globetrotting. I was sent chasing the elusive sea. In the meantime, the conspirators worked to either secure, or look as though they were securing, some SCPs with the capacity to not only inflict significant collateral damage if turned loose in a populated area, but also lacked stringent protective measures, preventing their being seized with relative ease. Seven's fingers felt the grip of her pistol. I would rather you didn't do that, Harper said, producing a weapon of his own with his right hand, his left still holding a cigarette. I'm not finished yet, he said coolly. You came to an agreement with Regional Deputy Director Keith Bain at the GOC, another of the key conspirators, Harper continued. Having him hire a drunk to kill my family ten years ago so that I would agree to take a promotion that would eventually land me here. As the investigator who would be keeping you appraised of your own conspiracy to seize control of the Foundation. Unfortunately, Bane made a mistake. The drunk he hired was his bodyguard's twin brother, the same bodyguard he used to assassinate 053 and his own direct supervisor as part of the conspiracy. By shooting his bodyguard, he neatly prevented the assassin from giving up the secret of his employer, while simultaneously becoming the hero of the situation for the GOC. Foundation coalition relations will be set back decades because of this, Cornelius said. Harper shook his head. Possible, but unlikely, given that the O5 Council provided the coalition's leadership with the incontestable financial proof of Bane's treachery. Greedy bastard Bane. I understand they've placed him under arrest. Cornelia looked slightly ashen. Harper paused to take a breath on his cigarette, then continued. I don't know who in the chaos insurgency you were in bed with, but having them hit Research Site 29 right after I left was a nice touch, as was leaving Ford around to say what had been taken, and if he took the blame for the attack, so much the better. If looks could kill, Harper would long since have been blasted backwards through the tinted window behind him. He was relatively unconcerned with dirty looks, however, as his pistol was leveled neatly at his adversary's chest. I've been cleared to know the truth about SCP-006. Clever bit of acting, buying Sir James's service in the conspiracy with water from the Fountain of Youth. Unfortunately for you, I determined the real identity of C, Cornelia. Cornelia Dark let out a quick, barking laugh. <laughs> you know nothing. Harper smiled. Sir James mentioned how you and he had first met in university. One giving a lecture, the other attended, he said. I realize now that you were the lecturer, not him, despite the appearances of your ages. You've been planning this for a very long time. It's over now, and you will spend the remainder of your natural life in as cold, dark, and damp a hole as the Foundation can find. Like hell, Cornelia snarled. With astonishing speed, a tiny pistol appeared in her hand out of the sleeve of her suit jacket. She raised her arm to fire. Two shots rang out, and Cornelia Dark, knee Roosevelt, formerly 057, fell to the floor, dead. Two bullet holes through her heart. A pity, said a low voice. It would have been nice to know who her contact in the insurgency was. A figure stepped out of the shadows in the corner of the room. A nondescript man, 
unremarkable in nearly every facet of his appearance. He was 051, the first among equals of the 05 Council. I apologize, sir, Harper said respectfully. 051 replied, you need not worry, it was self-defense. The cleaning crews had more substantial messes than this to clean. They're getting quite remarkable at getting blood out of carpet. Yes, sir, Harper said. Now, Mr. Harper, I've spoken with the other overseers, 051 said, and we would like you to assume the duties of 057, effective immediately. Do you accept? Me, an overseer, Harper thought to himself in surprise. He took a long moment to consider, then answered, yes. Very well, 051 said. Producing a black identification card with a gold border, Harper's photograph, and 057 printed in gold. Welcome aboard, Seven. The Council's first assignment for you is to oversee the closure of this conspiracy investigation. Allow me to make something perfectly clear. This never happened. There was never a plot to overthrow the Council or to seize control of the world behind the veil. Your predecessor was not shot. She retired. Please see to it that Mr. Muir and Miss Daniel understand how events took place, and see to it that all documentation reflects what happened accurately. Yes, sir, the Foundation's newest overseer said. One more thing, Seven, 051 said, turning to leave. Make sure you got them all. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki, upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording being derived from this content is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLike 3.0. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.